the dubs. What? What how do you feel? What? <laughs> how does it feel? How does it feel? How does it feel when I say that? How does it feel, Josh? It's just tearing the in- it's it's grabbing my heart and it's ripping it to shreds. Christian is what it's doing. Absolutely tearing me to bits here before we even get started. Mother of Jesus Almighty. Well, I'm trying to 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 just set us up for for the episode ahead and the and chat. I wouldn't mind, but you do have a fucking Dublin shirt as well, don't you? you have I, I have it. I have you, it. Your looks. <laughs> but you know, Josh, you know that from the bottom of my heart, I I love County Clare with every cell of my body <laughs> and every inch of my soul. It's uh, just that we're talking about a particular song today, but we'll get straight to that. Hello, everybody. Christian's uh, trying to butter me up there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You're very welcome, we'll, folks. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. My name is Christian and my good friend Josh O'Loughlin is sitting over there in his childhood home bedroom in County Clare. Ennis, how's it going, Josh? It's all G, it's all... I'm I'm actually, no, to be honest, I'm a bit feckin' wrecked, but we'll power through. I have some chamomile tea today to keep me going. No monster. I think you no. could have needed a monster today. No, see, I went, I opted out of the monster today and I went for some cups of coffee instead. Because I tried to do one or the other most days because otherwise I'll go feckin' loopy. Oh, okay, yeah. You're not a Norwegian like me. Like <laughs> I can literally down... My worst periods was probably when I worked in NRK and I would easily have like seven cups of coffee in, in one work day. But See, the coffee gives me a headache, unlike the monster. Yeah. yeah. That's all you're of the energy with none of the calories, you see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you, you're drinking... Is coffee really that calorie heavy? No, like no, I know co- that coffee you, has fake all calories as well, to be honest. But I seem to remember you drinking a bit of... What was it? Macchiato or something? Macchiato. Cortado, Cortado. Cortado. Yes, I was a fan of the old Cortados over in Spain, all right. I grew to be a lover of Cortados, but unfortunately, people in this country don't have a notion how to make them. And when you order them, it does not go well. You gave a lot of shit about Norwegian Cortados, too, (laughs) to be honest. But Norwegian is is a great coffee country, but we're, we're... best when it comes to the light roasts like black coffee mm-hmm. hand brew stuff mm-hmm. yeah I'd be a cortado macchiato kind of a man the I'd old Latin of, country I'd be a fan stuff. of the shorts the little the small little ones with the really intense flavours that you can sip and say oh Jesus that's lovely while you're walking down the side of the beach in Italy or fucking Spain and oh. just we had, had a fair few espressos when we were down in Italy in Ferrara seem to remember <laughs> like every morning sure that, we did. that shitty free breakfast in the hotel and then and then straight over to the espresso bar where <laughs> you could actually order an espresso and just have it there and then for free that that are the real perks of being see i don't remember that position. but that's probably because i very rarely made it to the breakfast yeah <laughs> i was there alone most days like we we was, am, I, am, I, am I wrong in saying that that breakfast was pasta? Uh, mm, did yes. They have you w- the, did they have the the leftovers from the previous days? No, dinner? that that would be the lunch. That would be the lunch. And, okay. and the lunch would probably be your breakfast. But the breakfast was <laughs> literally like it was. It was what it is in most 
cheap hotels it was like dry toast uh, terrible pastries yogurt and cereal so As you didn't you miss much it's a hotel breakfast on the continent yeah you know it is what it is everybody we are Turalura and we are talking about folk songs whenever we're not talking about coffee and monster and Josh being wrecked and you can <laughs> contact us on our email address it's podcast at gmail.com two o's in Tura and two o's in Lura and all of that jazz you can send us in an email whether you want to suggest a song or a guest or just want to want to comment anything that we have previously brought to this podcast and we will happily read out your message whether it's critique or praise we are that honest absolutely if you tell us terrible things about ourselves we'll tell everyone else and you can curse and we will not censor you you can also (laughs) send us um, a DM on Instagram you can tag us in your stories you can uh, send us a message on Facebook to Relura podcast both places and you can send us voicemails to the same email address to Relura podcast at gmail.com you can rate and review us on Apple podcast and don't forget lads even if you don't want to contact us just give us a like Follow us on Facebook and Instagram and make sure to subscribe to uh, our podcast. I think when the, sorry, when the hectic lifestyles are starting to calm down, Christian, and we have more time for contenting, we should, we should set up an old TikTok. I mean, the way of the world these days is TikTok. Yeah, I I guess you're right. We'll take a leaf out of um, <laughs> the Finns book and... Um, and try a bit of TikToking. Well, you've you've done a bit of a platypus playing banjo thing on TikTok <laughs> before, so I took an ocean one day, alright, yeah, but I uh, I lost interest fairly fast. Oh, we're getting old, Josh. We're getting old, and we are. I miss I miss the time when we were young and free and walked around in Dublin city centre, eating chicken rolls and playing music on the street and. Funnily enough, that is what we're talking about today because today's song is something. And that's why we were talking about the Dublin jersey uh, that I have in my hand right now that our good friend and bandmate Rory Coslow gave to me. Uh, I think he bought it in a thrift shop in, <laughs> in Scaries, actually. And it is... Um, it's an old one. It, it's, it's an old one. And I... Like, even... Even though I'm a banner boy, like I, I really appreciated Rory, um, and it's very fitting today because the song that we're talking about is uh, very often used by the Dublin GAA fans. It is be good, but we'll get into that shortly. We will. Is there anything else we have to say before um we set the scene, Josh? Not really, Christian, just to close your eyes there and think about the past and all our days busking at Molly Malone. <sighs> set this the is scene, the part Josh, where you please, <laughs> please, set the scene. Yippee! Ah, oh, Jesus, here he is. Good old Dublin, huh? The land of folk and saints and scholars, pal, yeah? 
Show you a cotton fucking bait with a big rod. Look at the beauty of this town. Trees can get anywhere you want on the Lewis in the blink of an eye. Are you feeling hungry? Should head up to Moore Street, you'll get fucking six apples for 50 cent. Folks, you are very welcome to Tora Laura. My name is Sean Dempsey and it's my job today to bring you on a wee tour of the sights and sounds of Dublin City. Sit back and enjoy, folks. What'd you get a Guinness, was it? 850 pal. 850? Is that the fucking time or the price? Yes, fucking robbing bastards is. Ah Jesus. We can remember the good old days when we could go out and get locked on no money at all. The rare old times are gone. Ring a ring a rosy as the lights declines. I remember Dublin City in the rare old times. Don't you miss the rare old times, Josh? What do you remember about it, Christian? Oh, I remember everything except for maybe some things that happen way past midnight every now and then but <laughs> I remember but I, have, I remember more than I don't remember which is a good thing yeah you spent a hell of a lot more time in Dublin than I ever did obviously but the funny thing is like we've spent time in Dublin in recent years but even throughout all of that time I've seen a change so many times like yeah. People will say, oh, we're only newbies and we're only blown in and we're fucking cold. She's up from the country, yeah. But, like, <laughs> I suppose that's what we are. But I was there long enough to see it change a significant amount of times. And it's a very different place now than it was when I first landed there as a young, impressionable banjo player in 2011. Yeah. Jesus, time flies. And and I guess that's that's what the song is about, Dublin. Um, well the rare old times mm-hmm. um, it's talking about very different times like the rare times for Pete St. John who wrote this song were very different and much more long ago than the rare times that we would be remembering now yeah. but even towards my last few years in Dublin we were always reminiscing about the the good old days in Dublin which is hilarious because the good old days for us were already shite for the people that remember it in the 50s and 60s yeah, obviously, but like it's the melancholy of the human race, I guess. It's just how we are. And especially as musicians and folk musicians, like that is part of the DNA. Mm-hmm. It's being melancholic and talking about the rare old times and the good old times. Even if those rare old times were only two years ago and right now in the middle of this pandemic thing it's it's more real than ever like i i can be i can be so 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 like even even about last summer with the slight breeder we got from the lockdowns that like i'm melancholic 
and <laughs> nostalgic <laughs> nostalgic about thinking about last summer but yeah <laughs> isn't it awful but oh. like is is it is it just an inbred inbred says i is it just a thing that's bred into human beings by nature that we're always nostalgic about things like why do we always feel that things were better back in the day <sighs> I think we've touched on this briefly on another episode, but yeah, I I don't know. I guess that we obviously it's the obvious answer would probably be that we remember all the good parts mm-hmm. and like we're not nostalgic about bad times necessarily, uh, but we're we're thinking about. All, even even if times were difficult at some stage, there were always really good parts, and those are the ones that we remember. Because we, like we, I don't know about yourself, but I've never been, I've never been in a position where I, like I literally, uh, didn't know whether I was gonna survive or not. Like it's always been, it's all everything has always been more or less acceptable in my life so it's hard to it's hard to sort of filter out the the bad stuff or the boring stuff and just think about all the good stuff Mm -hmm. i get that while as right now what we're experiencing right now we're experiencing 100 percent of the things that are going on in our lives (laughs) <laughs> all at once so it, like the stress i i don't usually uh i don't usually think about the stress of projects that were going on back in the day like i think yeah. about the experience and factor out and well, that's the thing out when the i think about when i think about dublin from years ago i don't think about constantly panicking trying to finish assignments or getting from <laughs> gig to gig i remember the things that we did and the crack that we had you know yeah, which we're probably going to touch on in this episode, by the sounds of it. Yeah, but give us a little bit about Pete Saint John. So this Josh. is a song written by a very legendary songwriter, and it's not many legendary songwriters that we are lucky enough to still have with us in modern times. But Pete Saint John is still alive and kicking, and he wrote this particular song about his own rare old times and his own nostalgia for the city of Dublin and what it was back in the day, and. Um, Pete himself is actually from Dublin, as I'm sure you can tell from the song, but he's also credited, like, he's written so many famous songs. He's written The Fields of Athenry, for one. He wrote... Fantastic song. He wrote The Ferryman. Um, Those are kind of some of his more famous ones. He has hundreds and hundreds of songs, and he's still going there on Facebook. I check in with his Facebook every now and then, and he puts up some interesting stuff, and new songs. He's still writing new songs. That's amazing. Wouldn't he be... 89 or he was born in 88 19- or 89 at this point depending on 1932 yes yeah. that would be like so 70 years in 2002 yeah <laughs> so yeah 90 years next year yeah and he's still on the Facebook and I'll tell you something he'd be a very interesting man to have a chat with if we ever managed to get him on zoom I oh, don't know if that, that would, would be, ever be possible but that would be amazing in which case it would be hard not to talk about the fields of Athenry, one <laughs> of the most famous songs in in the whole Irish music catalogue, I would say. Yeah. 
that's the thing. People hear this name, Pete St. John, and they hear these songs and they think that he was around a couple of hundred years ago. But no, Pete St. John is still going. Still going strong. And he has Amazing. some interest in uh, he has some interesting posts there on Facebook. I would advise anyone to check out his Facebook because it is interesting stuff. And it says here he was born Peter Mooney. So Pete St. John is not his original name. But yeah. Most of his songs would be about Dublin and about Ireland and about history and stories. Very much like Ralph McTell. He takes songs and he he builds the song around a character or around an incident or something that happens in history, you know? Yeah. Um, those, some of those, as we all know, are what make the best folk songs in the world. So he knows what he's doing. The Rare Old oh. Times itself was first recorded by the Dublin City Ramblers, who are a very, very well-known act. Um, that were around in the 1970s, possibly the late 1960s. I'm not sure. The Watchorns played with them and many other great musicians, and they're still going as well, as far as I know. And uh, they were famous for other songs too. But this particular song was the one that they made famous, and it wasn't until after that that the Dubliners picked up on it and played it. And that's probably where most people heard it, if you ask me. I might be wrong. No, th- um, I completely agree. Well, if if I'm any any proof at all, the Dubliner version of that song would be like it's not it's not just the most the the one that I've heard uh the or the one that I think of first, but it is the only one I can think of off the top of my head. It's mm-hmm. that version, and I can hear it like yeah. And is like, it Ronnie Drew or is it Luke Kelly that you're hearing in your head when you think of this song? Oh, you're putting me on the spot there. <laughs> There's no wrong answer. I, di- I don't really know. I've heard both. And I can't say that I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> what about well, you? They're both great versions. Like, if you want to think of, like, the entire, like, epitome of Dublin and what Dublin is, you're probably thinking of Ronnie Drew's voice and the, oh, yeah, oh, Jesus. But, like, if you want to, like, also think of the history and the depth of the song and what it means it's more Luke Kelly's song really but Luke Kelly just owns anything he sings yeah Luke Kelly like has must be one of the top Irish singers in history like yeah oh I'm just there we go we're talking about we're talking about the Dubliners we're talking about Dublin in the rare old times and and straight away I'm taken back to to um, O'Donoghue's in in Dublin and looking at those sketches of every single Dubliner member on the wall while we're sitting there in the circle uh, playing tunes in O'Donoghue's waiting for free sandwiches and um, and pints for what was it two two euro fifty at the time it was one euro fifty for musicians yeah one euro fifty pints for that musicians is, <laughs> that is unheard of and I don't know if if they if they would like us broadcasting this on the international <laughs> podcast medium but Jesus Christ times are changing because I yeah. when you say that I, I can I can remember that the first time I came to visit you in Dublin that would have been 2012 actually we met okay. in tw- 2011 yeah 
in in Os- well, yeah Barum, and then we came to Fecal, and we were only bre- like we landed in Dublin, but they had a chartered bus for us, and we got onto that bus and went straight down to Fecal. So we actually didn't spend any time in Dublin. But mm-hmm. I came back and visited you Easter of 2012 February yes. 2012 well I think it was Easter it was either Easter or it was like a winter it, the it was, winter vacation week that w- yeah. bank holiday week that we have it was um, in around February anyway I remember that yeah it and was the same time that we had that story about the German guys that came home with us and no yes. one knew who they were yes exactly listen to previous episodes of this podcast to find that story ladies and gentlemen yeah I, I feel just to side a side note there I feel like we're finally at the point now with episode this is 15 I believe uh, where we can say that we actually have a back catalogue <laughs> but yeah. yeah no I came and this has been mentioned before too I think but we I came to Dublin that February and you actually came and met me at the airport mm-hmm. and we got the bus into the city centre and we went off at the spire uh, and then we walked to to the Dubliner to, to O'Donoghue's to O'Donoghue's uh, and with the suitcase and everything and we sat did down. we walk from the spire I think we got off at the spire either that or O'Connell Bridge or something <laughs> I love it like this is also the draw of Dublin and like everyone says America is the land of opportunity but to me as a young lad coming up to Dublin for the first time and like being a musician who spent all my teenage years listening to Planksteen and listening to the Dubliners hearing about this bar or Donahue's where the Dubliners started out and that there was music still going on there and our friend Brian Corey brought me there for the first time to play sessions the first time we ever played a session there we got booked for a tour of India <sighs> it, was, it was all just ridiculously um serendipitous I suppose would be the word for it but it was fantastic experience at the time so Donahue's was like a home away from home for us and as I'm sure you can tell it was more important for us to get Christian there than it was to get him home to unpack (laughs) his bags so suitcases and everything in and I remember that I did either that day or because we went there several days uh, that week but either that day or one of the other days I did get points for 150 but I think that went up in the years certainly did yeah uh, not not very long after that I would say it went up to 2 or 250 yeah I can't even remember which still is like yeah, an unbelievable is amount of ridiculous. Like, I, 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 for me, that is unfathomable. That Bare- is less <laughs> than what you pay for a can of Tuborg in a Norwegian shop. Like, bear in mind, folks, Christian is over in Norway where a pint of Guinness in a bar would cost you 11 euro 50. <laughs> <laughs> no joke <laughs> well if you're a session musician in the Dubliner uh, on a Tuesday you get them half priced oh so, so, n- so pub prices pub <laughs> regular Ireland pub prices you've you've done that yourself I, yeah. I seem to remember you getting bottles of Bulmers uh, or Magners to listen back to the Johnny Jump Up episode <laughs> uh, <laughs> for for around six euros which is the same price as you'd pay in Temple Bar like be Jesus I remember it well but yeah the I remember me and my friend Brian we used to go down to O'Donoghue's with very very little money in our pockets and we could have several points and then there was a tip jar that usually paid for drinks for the musicians as well and we could end up 
fairly well on and well fed with a plate of sandwiches by the end of the night <laughs> and stroll home happy oh. men and if we hadn't been fed with the plate of sandwiches there was always the one euro 50 chicken roll in Londis on the top of Grafton Street oh. it was pure muck but it was one euro 50 and we had pints in us and it was it was like a banquet at the time yeah I mean those chicken rolls are now like five euro that <laughs> completely insane um, yeah. Oh, yeah. but there's something about that like being able to go into um, into ODs and uh, sit down with an instrument and like a chunk of change in your pocket but <laughs> not really anything and yeah. then be able to just get scuttered and fed and happy with <laughs> like that even though I I could Some easily crack. go to O'Donoghue's today and I could uh, easily afford getting to the same state of in, drunkenness on, on and, full price and fedness yeah. on full price same. but it, the happiness of being able to do it that way like that yeah. is some of the nostalgia that is just amazing <laughs> I remember um, Billy Lochnan in um, in Fecal uh, which um, was the the owner of the hostel where we yeah. stayed when we were at the festival he I think he was the first that introduced. I know that you've um, since even called the first Boxty Gang um, EP or something the same thing. But he was the one introduced me to the phrase of, well, maybe not dance for your dinner, but play for your dinner. Because he used to feed us. uh, He used to get us in, even if there was no people there at all in the backyard. (laughs) He'd just play a couple of tunes there. Go on, play, play for half an hour and I'll give you dinner. (laughs) <laughs> it's a real Irish thing especially a real country Irish thing it brings back the old traditions of the Bohan Teokt where the people used to call over to the house and play music and sing and have the crack but it is a big thing like I remember during the Fly in Ennis in 2016 there's a restaurant in town it's not there anymore called the Living Room or the Dining Room I can't, it was either the Living Room or the Dining Room but a friend of mine Grace worked there and she got the manager to get us in for an hour and a half two hours every evening to do a session outside and we all got really well fed like I'm talking three four course meal and this was the moment in between our other gigs so we would have a session gig in the afternoon and a session gig in the evening so in between the gigs we could go up here and keep playing music and doing what we love and having a drink and get a big meal fed to us as well which is fantastic but it, it is a real thing Irish festivals and Donahue's wouldn't be quite the same. Dublin would be different in the sense that there's never a festival going on, but it is still very obliging at the best of times. Even the sandwiches are gone these days, Christian. Oh, I remember Dublin in the rare old times. <laughs> well, well, what, what, before we get completely lost in our own memories, which is sort of what we had planned anyway, but what is the actual story of, of the song? Um, so the story is about a man called Sean Dempsey he's the character that Pete St John has given us and he comes from a place called Pimlico and Pimlico is still a neighbourhood in Dublin it's a working class neighbourhood in the Liberties and I don't know if any of you out there know Dublin or if you don't but if you go to Trinity College let's say and you walk up Dame Street away from the college from the front gate and you keep walking and you pass Christchurch and you keep going up towards Vicker Street there just after Vicker Street 
you come across Thomas Street and if you turn left you're in Francis Street and those roads all bring you down into a huge area of Dublin called the Liberties and it's a working class neighbourhood that's full of characters and stories and a serious amount of history really 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 amazing place there's markets and there's every every type of character you could think you might meet in Dublin you'll meet in the Liberties and it's a really really a lot of people would call it the heart of Dublin but Pimlico is down that direction and Sean Dempsey came from there and the story follows his lament of the changes that have occurred in the city since his youth um for example what's the first thing that happened sorry I'll get the lyrics up sure they'll help me out don't let me down Google let's see I I have them here too yeah but you can you can so read us he says he was a cooper let's start out with that so he lost his job to redundancy he was a cooper do you know what a cooper is Christian well it's a person that makes barrels or casks I believe yeah it's a trade of people that make barrels and casks for beer and whiskey and stout and ale and all of those which things. is something we can circle back uh, to because <laughs> I have a serious love for uh, Coopers but go on yeah <laughs> I had a feeling if anyone knew about Coopers it was you Christian <laughs> but um, the trade of the Cooper very much died out in Dublin over the years there is still a couple of Coopers and there's a master Cooper I think still in the Guinness storehouse if I'm not mistaken am I right in saying that Christian mm, I don't know you might be right in saying saying that but uh, i know that in in the guinness storehouse at least uh, there is um a cooper exhibition yeah which is there permanently where mm-hmm. with with real footage of coopers making uh casks yeah. or or barrels and that's why i'm thinking that there might still be a cooper there because if i'm not mistaken when i actually toured the guinness storehouse with you I think there was a video on the screen of the modern day Master Cooper talking that, about yeah, making th- barrels. There's a ring a ring a ring a rosy bell in, in my mind there. Uh, <laughs> and I think you're right that there's a video there of a modern day Cooper as well. Uh, but yeah, no, fantastic ex- exhibition really. Like the Guinness Storehouse is really touristy that is a fact but that doesn't take away from the fact that it is really enjoyable Mm -hmm. and especially if you go there uh, and uh, you're a bit cheeky because you get on on your ticket everyone above 18 years gets a free point as part of their uh, admission and you can use that one place in the museum you could either use that to i think you can use it if you eat to get a pint or you can pour your own pint which is a part of the museum or you can use it uh, uh in the, the sky bar which is mm-hmm. like a, a to- on top of the storehouse there is a 360 panor- panorama view of dublin but we what we did the first time was that we spent it on pour your own pint and you're not able to actually buy pints in the sky bar you can only use the tickets for pints in the sky bar but we uh, were allowed to pour our own pints and then bring them up to the sky bar which isn't really allowed and that was that was the first time i went to the guinness storehouse which was that time in in 2012 yeah. and that was a fantastic experience i actually have three of those pour your own pint certificates on the wall beside <laughs> so, me right now so do i i've never <laughs> been there without you <laughs> 
I love it. You had a bit of an incident the first time you poured your pint of Guinness, Chris. Oh my God. Don't even, like, I think there is a video somewhere on Instagram back in my <laughs> feed. You can find me on Chris Doug Music on Instagram. And if you scroll back down uh, through the feed, I think you can find a video of me uh, spilling oil, over pouring my, my first ever self-poured pint of Guinness. <laughs> the look of shame on his face, folks, was incredible. And then it's like it's like they did it on purpose when because they give everyone, regardless of the quality of your uh, pint pouring skills, they give everyone like um, a diploma that says <laughs> you and then your name has poured the perfect pint of Guinness. And I'm just like, why did you really have to? Couldn't you just have, I don't know, just. There you Not go. That, giving it that to actually, me. That gives you the dates of your first trip to Dublin, Christian. The 22nd of February 2012 was my first certificate in the Guinness Storehouse. Ah, do you have it right there? It's right in front of me. Jesus. It's, it's 22nd of February. Okay. Yep. And then my second one was the 14th of August 2013. Jesus. The year after. That w- yeah. Actually, that was just before we went to the, um, to the Fecal Festival, I believe. Or was yes. it just after festival i don't know it doesn't matter sounds like just before but i actually have no idea but yeah good times good times and the guinness storehouse folks just so you know is actually situated in the same place where this song is set it's in the liberties it's down in that direction Mm. over by uh thomas street really really interesting part of dublin definitely worth a visit oh yeah absolutely and if you're (laughs) <laughs> if you're going out there as well like that is in the direction of Kilmainham Jail if I'm not mistaken uh, yep. so if you're a tourist if you're going to Dublin when all of this is over that is probably like I love the Guinness Storehouse as touristy as it is but if you want like one historical um, tourist activity go to Kilmainham that is yep. 100% that is one thing you will never regret and we've talked quite a bit about Irish history, but Kilmainham will feature heavily whenever we do the dreaded Grace episode. <laughs> it's coming. Yeah, it, I get teary-eyed just thinking about having to talk about that song. Oh. <laughs> well, we will do it eventually, probably on a more significant date. Yeah. yeah, Kilmainham features heavily in that. But that is Pimlico, folks, and that is the Liberties, and that is the Guinness Storehouse. And the story just goes on from there. It's basically Sean Dempsey reminiscing about Dublin. Dempsey is a very Dublin name. He courted Peggy Dynan. She was a rogue and child of Mary from the rebel liberties. The liberties at the time in the early 1900s would have been considered very Republican. I lost her to a student chap. Um, He went off to Birmingham and took away the girl and poor old Sean's soul with him. Tough times, but I love I love the way it mentions so many of the local places. But to me, when I first heard this song and when I was first hanging around in Dublin, I hadn't heard of any of these places. But like as as you live there and time goes on, you hear the history of a place and you see the news and you you read about history and all these things. The pillar and the Met have gone, and the Royal since pulled down, as the grey unyielding concrete makes a city of my town. So the pillar refers to Nelson's pillar. Have you any info on Nelson's pillar, Christian? Is is that um was that at the bottom of O'Connell Street? 
So Nelson's Pillar stood where the spire is now. Yeah, right. And it was a monument to, to um, well, to Nelson, the... Admiral Nelson, yeah. The the, the famous tyrannous rate of a military lad. Yeah. And he, uh, he kind of stood up there at the top of O'Connell Street, even after Ireland gained its freedoms. And he still kind of stood up there laughing down at everyone about the past and reminding them of where they came from. So uh, there was a lot of uproar about it being there for a long, long, long time. And when did it happen? Mm. Uh, Do you want me to googly googly? No, it's okay. I have it here. Um, It remained in the city as most of Ireland became the Irish Free State in 1922 and the Republic of Ireland in 1949. The chief legal barrier to its removal was the trust created at the pillar's inception, the terms of which gave the trustees a duty in perpetuity to preserve the monument. Interesting. Successive Irish governments failed to deliver legislation overriding the trust. So even though we were completely free from the UK at this point, they couldn't override the trust that said that this would be perpetually looked after. Although influential literary figures such as W.B. Yeats and Oliver St. John Gogarty defended the pillar on historical and cultural grounds, pressure for its removal intensified in the years preceding the 50th anniversary of the Rising and its sudden demise was on the whole well received by the public. <laughs> um, basically what happened folks was, I can't remember the exact year, I'm actually going to get it up here, sorry. On the 8th of March 1966, a powerful explosion destroyed the upper portion of the pillar and brought Nelson's statue crashing to the ground amid hundreds of tons of rubble. And no one knows who did it, but it's attributed to the IRA, and I would not be surprised. <laughs> I feel like this is... It's surprisingly similar to what we're seeing in... Or did see last year uh, in the United States with the tearing down of all the, um, all the um, southern leaders and, like, chief racists. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Nelson's Pillar sat on Sackville Street as you know Christian was O'Connell Street back in the day yeah Um, it was deserted at the time so no one was actually injured but there was a dance in the Hotel Metropole's ballroom and it was about to end and it brought crowds out onto the street when the big explosion went off no casualties as it says here a taxi driver parked close by and had a narrow escape and damage to the property was light given the strength of the blast what was left of the pillar was a jagged stump 70 feet high and the government basically had the rest of that uh removed I think with a controlled demolition after that because there was no point in it sitting there you know <laughs> well like it could have been a great monument in itself it w- if it was there as uh, like I'd rather have the the remains of Nelson's pillar as a <laughs> monument of of the f- the defeat of of um, uh, well of oppression than a giant like million feet metal D in the middle of the <laughs> the city. Yeah, there's a big sewing needle sticking up in the middle of Dublin now. It doesn't really uh it doesn't really stand for or depict the history of the place, does it? To me that it, it's it's absolutely nothing. It's great. Uh, you can see it from far away so you can find your way if you're absolutely scuttered out of your 
mind and trying to find your way back to a common street <laughs> to get a bus out to Finglas, yeah, uh, where you live. Um, yeah, it's good. It's good for that. But other than that, like it has to me, it has no like cultural significance. It's yeah, just I know what you mean. Like the pillar. Not the pillar. Why am I? Jesus Christ! Now I'm calling the spire the pillar. <laughs> the spire is a very good meeting point, I think. Yeah, and it's also a great way to tell tourists or people you don't know how to get to the Celt. Yeah, <laughs> the that Celt too. bar, folks. You go up O'Connell Street as far as the spire, and you turn right, and you walk down that road, and the Celt is on your right hand side. But the problem, one of the problems <laughs> with it, is that it's so unspectacular when you're right there at it, like you, because you. <laughs> it it's not much when you look at it unless you actually go and stare up in the air like yeah it's, it's just yeah. completely useless as a tourist attraction it's <laughs> more of a yeah like you said it's a meeting point and mm-hmm. just a point on on the map to something to navigate from <laughs> but yeah is is there anything else in the um, in the song that we want to mention, or do you just want to? Yeah, just just the bits and pieces about those places, like the pillar and the Met have gone. So the Met was the hotel I just mentioned. It was right next door to the GPO, the hotel, oh, yeah, Met- yeah. the hotel Metropole. Okay. And the Royal since pulled down. This was the one that I found interesting. So it was the Theatre Royal in Dublin, but when I did a bit of research, turns out Dublin had five Theatre Royals at different points in history. Hmm. Now we won't go fecking big, big into the details of all of this because we don't want a history lesson. No one gives a feck about any of that. But the first theatre royal was what is now known as Smock Alley Theatre. I think you might have been there too, Christian. It's literally if you walk down through Temple Bar towards the opposite side to Trinity College, if you know what I mean. So you're walking. Yeah. Uh, towards Houston Station through Temple Bar and you keep going it's on the left hand side of the river of the Keys the south side of the Keys there's a big old church and it's now Smock Alley Theatre but it was originally opened as the first Theatre Royal in 1662 whoa yeah and it was one of the one of the first theatres in Dublin and they performed Shakespearean classics and it was under the control of the administration in Dublin Castle and we won't get too much into that now but that's now the the new theatre is now the home to the Gaiety School of Acting just so everybody knows mm. the second theatre royal was on Crow Street and it was Crow Street Theatre and it was opened by Spranger Barry in 1758 and I don't know too much about that one there's a bit of info online if you want to look it up the second theatre royal the third theatre royal is very interesting because it was built just off of the corner of College Green just across from Trinity College and it was built in 1820 and this is one of the more modern theatres that we were able to still see in Dublin today until several years ago and I was very sad to see it go because nowadays it is well it was until 2016 the screen cinema which was the very first cinema I ever went to in Dublin with an ex-girlfriend of mine but we won't get into that (laughs) (laughs) no let's uh, not (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so that was originally uh, opened in the 1800s and it went through several different names before it became the fourth Theatre Royal under new management, which is where a young Charlie Chaplin performed as part of an act called the Eight Lancashire Lads in 1906. So that is, as I said, well, not anymore, the Screen Cinema, and it was demolished in, and closed in 2016. 
The fifth Theatre Royal is the one that is being mentioned in this song, the song written by Pete St. John, and that was in Hawkins Street as well. 1935, it came into being, and it hosted many, many very famous musicians, such as Gracie Fields, George Formby, Max Wall, Max Miller, Jimmy Durante. Have you ever heard of any of them, Christian? Have I? I don't know. Have I? George Formby was a very famous ukulele banjo player who featured in many movies over in England and he had a very famous song that went, I'm leaning on a lamp, you know, I look just like a tramp. <laughs> <laughs> I actually really like George Formby. He's worth looking up. We actually should do some George Formby songs at some point. I'm, I'm all up for it. The ukulele banjo, one of the devil's gifts to music. Jesus Christ. I'm, I have to admit, like... um. Let me be careful what I'm, with what I'm saying here, because obviously, like I think that any instrument can serve a purpose, <laughs> but <laughs> and there's a big but. Ukulele is one of the instruments that I don't see many purposes from for. <laughs> other than creating I don't know a Hawaiian feel yeah and exactly I think the ukulele has its place oh yeah f- f- for sure I, I don't think the banjo ukulele has a place no <laughs> <laughs> except for maybe in George Formby's songs but if he's gonna do that why didn't he just play the ukulele like yeah or just a banjo with a capo <laughs> up really high yeah uh yeah, a long neck banjo with a capo on the second fret. That's all you need to do. <laughs> but yeah, that's George uh, Formby, folks. Check him out. <laughs> and those are five long gone Irish theatres in Dublin. <laughs> yeah, I might have rambled a little bit. I'll probably cut a shitload of that out. But uh, <laughs> yeah, those are the theatre royals and that's where the royal came from. The royal since pulled down as the great unyielding concrete made a city of my town. Oh, that's a great line though as yeah. the great unyielding concrete makes a city of my town it's good isn't it that is absolutely fantastic to yeah. be honest that and then he talks poetry. about the, the glass cages that spring up along the quay and that's talking about the docklands in Dublin which up until very recently were very empty and flat and it was just very much an industrial place where boats were coming in and out and there were a lot of coal workers and industry workers and all of that kind of shit but in the last 20 or 30 years it's become the financial district and these huge skyscrapers have blown up it reminds me well it doesn't remind me of it but in in a similar way to the barcode in oslo christian these yeah. build, these buildings have just appeared on the docks and they blew up and it's a big massive and not just industrial anymore but financial area full of skyscrapers and people in suits it's a very different place to what it was when Pete St. John was young. Yeah. Do you know what this reminds me on, of? Uh, I just had to pull up my phone here to, to find the exact lyrics. But I'm I'm very um, reminded of uh, Lancome's Cold Old Fire. Not yeah. not necessarily the vibe of the... But, but the, um, the lyrics uh, in their second verse in that song, they uh, we look for signs that Dublin's heart's still beating, that concrete and glass and peelers and mass, they haven't stopped the people from screaming. I, 
I get sort of that yeah. that feeling from from as as the great unyielding concrete makes a city of my town and um fair fairly well sweet well not that but but the and and watch the new glass cages that spring up along the quay. Yeah, my heart's too full of memory, too old to hear new chimes. I'm a part of what was Dublin in the rare old times. But even for us now, Christian, compared yeah. to when we went in 2011, so many things have changed. It's been it ten years. Has. Yeah, and we're like old men here talking about Dublin back in the day. <laughs> But that's how fast cities develop, I suppose, because there's a hell of a lot of things very different in Dublin now than there was in 2011. Yeah. Oh any, yeah. Any top three? Yeah, I, I know that you've already seen my because I accidentally shared my the wrong screen just before we started recording. But um, first of all, like an obvious one, which like might not seem like a big deal uh, but they moved Molly Malone from the corner at the bottom of Grafton Street uh, to just like literally just down the road um, outside um, a church that I don't remember the name of yeah it's on uh, it's on Suffolk Street yeah uh, which again like it's not far yeah. and it's not uh, any less accessible uh, but it's like it really like intensely changed the way that busking uh, worked the flow of the tourism towards like because at that time when Molly Malone was at the bottom of Grafton Street we could sit down at the base of Molly Malone Mm -hmm. with our case and everyone that came from from uh from city Cent- from from the spire that came off at O'Connell Street or at Southside and had been to Trinity and were going up uh towards Grafton Street and Stephen Scream they passed Molly Malone so that yeah. was a fantastic spot to just sit down and play some trad and just fill a bag with just enough money to go <laughs> and get scattered for one one euro fifty <laughs> points at which was these. only a short walk up Grafton Street and to the left past Stevens Green in exactly. fairness. I remember yeah. even even one time, I think that might have been two thousand thirteen, that we went to and we didn't have a guitar at that point. So you went with the banjo and I had uh three or four harmonicas and we sat at Molly Malone for a couple of hours and got enough money to pay our way down to uh Fetal. To to the Fecal Festival yes <laughs> yes good times I remember that oh. <laughs> so that that's uh, that's one thing um, I was gonna mention the, um, the chicken rolls which I remember as two euro chicken rolls but mm-hmm. but again like the the essence is the same yeah that's most places in Dublin had two euro chicken rolls but the Londas at the top of Grafton Street in the early early days had 150 chicken rolls now I'm no expert, but that was like heaven to a student. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty good. Uh, <laughs> but I'm talking I'd probably the driest, worst chicken you would ever have in your life. It didn't matter, but you know why? Because it was moistened by the lovely pints of cider. Yeah, oh, it doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> yeah. So, so that's that's a couple of things. Obviously, 
obese is is one thing that we've already mentioned i'm i'm gonna mention a couple of more um one thing that is quite obvious uh and it's it's almost as as sure as time passing by like it's it's the fact that bus fares change and you can remember the time when you could get from from the city center out to oh where where did you live again Ratcar no before that oh Balls Bridge Balls Bridge for like 145 or something yeah or or it may might even have been less than that, but things like I remember when the one ninety had changed up to a uh, two ten or something. Yeah, it changes every year. It literally yeah. goes up every year. I remember when I first got to Dublin, the cheapest bus fare was ninety cent. Yeah, or something, and the city centre fare was fifty five cent or something. Yeah. yeah, I was able to buy a five day student bus card, which you can't don't exist anymore because you only have the leap card now. But I was able to get a five day student bus card for fifteen euros when I first got to Dublin, and then the second year in college it was twenty euros, and I think it might even be twenty five or thirty euros now for the same card. Yeah, and and it's exactly the same. Probably most places around the world, it certainly is over here as well. Like yeah. it changes every year, and it is the it's it's as safe as as any any sign that times are are or time is passing by. But it is what it is. But it's still a re- reminder of the rare old times. And one more thing is the fact that burritos and blues uh, <laughs> just off Grafton Street uh, when that disappeared and that was quite uh, quite um, a heartbreaking experience for me it was heartbreaking for you because you're a big burritos and blues man but my yeah. my big big go to burrito place in Dublin is and always will be Tolteca yeah. it's the place to be man yeah but Tol- Tolteca the one is that the one just off Grafton Street at the bottom of Grafton Street? And there's one on Suffolk Street beside Molly Malone. Yeah, there's another one in Rathmines beside my old college. Because I don't. Uh, and there think is a third one somewhere as well. Oh, it's in yeah. it's in Balls Bridge. No, it's in um, it's just off of O'Donoghue's actually on Marion Row. Okay, just yeah, over the bridge. But I don't think the one in Suffolk Street was there when I lived in Dublin in 2014 Um, because I I remember going to the one just off Grafton Street I don't remember what street it is just now but it's one of the like if you go off Grafton Street are you sure that it's gone? yeah absolutely sure and listen to this this it, it, it was it was quite a, a, a heart uh, a heartbreaking experience like I said because I was there I was there very often. It was uh, you literally went up like maybe one third of Grafton Street and took um, took mm-hmm. a left turn, and it was there on on the right hand side, and it was quite a small burrito place, but it was a classic burrito place. <laughs> um, the OG burritos and blues is up on um, um, is it uh, George's Street or even further up? Like it's almost almost close to Wheelands. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I always went to the one um, throughout 
talked about there just off Grafton Street when I came off the bus um, on the way home from college and I was there in the city writing assignments uh, sitting in Starbucks and and I went to Burritos and Blues to get dinner and they had the nine euro meal deal for students with a drink and sweet potato fries and a big burrito um, and it was amazing and I came back after after having lived there in 2014 the next time I came back to Dublin or maybe was thinking even, about it for a year yeah or maybe even after that um maybe it was actually 2017 or something i i i was just headed up there to get a burrito and we were there doing boxy gang stuff and i was only there for a few days probably um and i went up there actually it was probably 2016 when when i went to Inishmore and then i came to dublin and i mm-hmm. went there to find my lovely burrito place and just get a lovely burrito and it was gone <laughs> and just to just to finish or add a tiny bit of a story there when I lived in Dublin in 2014 um, like I said I was there very often and the day before I was going home this was probably the end of December or the middle of December the the term had just ended and I was heading home and I I had been to a pre-party in your house in Rathgar uh, with Corby and all the girls and the lads that lived there um and had a, a few bottles of, of cider and cans and stuff and we went to your gig and you were playing in um the merchant's arch and we were sitting there you were on stage and we were sitting there around the table um me and all of your housemates and i had this this instant urge for one last burrito so while you were playing and your gigs are long, in fairness. So <laughs> I, I ran all the way up to Grafton Street, took a left turn, went into Burritos and Blues and got uh, a last burrito. And I ate that burrito. And then uh, <laughs> I grabbed three bottles of the Cholula chili sauces imported from Mexico that you were there them. for people. And I robbed them. And, and I they're still there. They're still and, in your house. Well... Not exactly, though. I still have the bottles, but I have bought many bottles of that sauce since. Uh, but those were the first um, Cholula bottles that I actually had at home, and I ran back to the um, to the gig, and you were still playing, and I had a lovely evening, uh, the rest of the night, but <laughs> with bottles of Cholula in my bag. You're gonna be so, sad to hear this next part of the story. Yeah, go on. When I first landed up in Dublin, as I said, as a young, impressionable country lad that had never known anything but bacon and cabbage, we were hungry after a few pints, myself and my friend Alton O'Brien, and we landed upon burritos and blues, and had never experienced burritos before because burritos do not exist in Ennis County Clare, (laughs) and if they did, you would be worried about what they might contain. I would not order a burrito in this town, but we landed in anyway, and... There was a very, very uh, abrupt woman working behind the counter <laughs> who was kind of forcing us to make our decisions very quickly. And she was saying, what kind of beans do you want? And I was saying, I don't like beans. <laughs> and she said, you're in a burrito place. And I said, I know where I am. Can I just get some chicken in that, please? And she said, no. 
<laughs> and I said, why not? She said, it's a burrito. It has to have beans. And I said, well, in that case, I don't want a burrito. <laughs> I want fucking, I don't know, give me something else. And she was like, no. So eventually I just asked for whatever the guy in front of me got. <laughs> and I sat down oh. and ate it. And it was the most disappointing thing I ever had in my life. My first ever experience of burritos was absolutely shh, not very good. <laughs> and it was, And it was because of my own naivety as an 18 year old lad in Dublin but I can happily say now that burritos are one of my favourite go to meals on the go especially in Tolteca in Dublin so oh. if they want to sponsor us we're fishing for sponsors folks if you want to get out there and sponsor us send us a message anytime but yeah top three establishments in Dublin Christian top three establishments yes oh in Dublin city yes okay it would have to be O'Donoghue's like no question about it um um then it would probably have to be the celt mm-hmm. like just from all all the nights spent there and then what what are we talking about like drinks pub pub businesses it's like drinks burritos pizzas fucking i don't know gigs yeah okay like i, I don't think i could get away with saying anything else than um, ODs the Celt burritos and blues <laughs> <laughs> but there are so many more like I, I, I would you. I would love to say I would love to say uh, Whelan's I would love to say even like if, if you could call that an establishment the studio in DIT that is yeah. one of my favourite places in Dublin uh, for <laughs> sure um, you know that's all moved now they've built a whole new studio out in Grange Gorman like Ben I has got a know that. he's got a top of the range studio in Grange Gorman and they have a I don't know how many it seats but I think it might be a 900 seater theatre fantastic like it, it looks incredible I can't wait to pay Ben Rawlins a visit out there I How's can't going, wait to get Ben Rawlins on this podcast to talk about production of um, and recording of folk music and traditional music. Absolutely. Uh, ben most recently recorded an album with Rhiannon Giddens, who is an incredible, incredible, uh, what's the word? She's just an amazing knowledge and performer in terms of folk music and folk song in the United States. I'd love to get her on too. Absolutely. Yeah. But let me return the favor top three establishments or <laughs> things that have changed give us give us a few we'll go for the establishments first we'll go for the kelp bar i have to agree with you there just because it's my home away from home in dublin um od's because of the memories and i i can't call like i'm not going to say burritos and blues anyway <laughs> because i spent very little time there um, something along the lines of Whelan's just again because of the memories yeah we've had some good nights in Whelan's yeah oh so, so many more though speaking of lo- there was actually a place and I used to feckin love it when I first went up to Dublin and that is one of the big changes that I would notice the likes of Twisted Pepper Twisted Pepper was a cafe during the day and a nightclub by night oh. and we had many student nights out in there when I first arrived in Dublin and it was where I first tasted vodka (laughs) (laughs) Twisted Pepper is sadly no longer with us (laughs) but there are many nightclubs like that there was the Lost Society which was another one Um, I'm I'm not a big clubbing person to be honest but I had some good times as a young student in Dublin 
I sound like I'm in my 60s Jesus Christ <laughs> I, had, I had some good times they had the Wednesday nights in Lost Society there was also Wednesday nights in the Workmen's Club I think they're still going on and that was the TFM night out every week with Trinity FM <laughs> um, I'm trying oh. to think yeah. Trinity so FM too though that 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 was I I was only ever there once but that was a great that was where we the two of us started our our uh, radio career together <laughs> audio absolutely um, form content production yeah. that we did we had a great night doing um your your yourself and Alton O'Brien's show what what was it called Folk Revolution Folk, Folk Revolution on Trinity FM yeah back in the day many many moons ago the old man that I am myself yeah. and Alton had a folk music show on Trinity FM can and I just I, say by the way since you're talking about your age all the time when <laughs> this is out which would be um, well today is Friday I guess not when we're recording this but when we publish this your birthday would be Jesus, I'm trying to get my head around time here. W- would it be yesterday, today, when this is out? Or yep, it certainly would. It's don't, the don't be 20- telling people that. Ah, I, I will. Twenty fourth, twenty fourth. Yeah. Congratulations! Happy birthday. <laughs> Boy, thank you very much. How old are you now, Josh? Your future, your future, your future self. When this is out, how old are you? I'm old enough to remember the good old days. Yeah, exactly. The answer <laughs> I was looking for. The rare old times. The rare old times. Can I mention one more burrito-related thing? <laughs> Absolutely. You can mention burritos all day and all night, Christian. I'm sure the viewers would love to hear it. You can start doing a burrito review in the middle of every episode. Oh, well, one of my absolute favourite things to eat as people might have gathered already is burritos <laughs> and i eat quite a lot of burritos here in norway and when we order order burritos we uh, usually order burritos from a place called freddy fuego which is um a I know very yeah you've been there many a time and if i'm not mistaken that burrito place just to complete the circle that burrito place is ran by a dub in Oslo I love it <laughs> I, love I just it. thought that was I think I actually met that man I spoke to that man yeah, if I'm I, not mistaken th- that that could very well be after a few ginger joes we went over there and I heard the Irish accent and immediately jumped out of my seat <sighs> I did it. I did a Brian on it <laughs> how's it going shaking Two hands steaks. how's it going boss <laughs> oh, well uh, the rare old times. We we were gonna do a quick and easy one today, Josh. But uh, we time were. is We've time pushed is on. Just, yeah, time is pushing on. So, um, is there any final thoughts? Are these the rare old times of the future? Well, I don't think we'll ever look back at COVID nineteen and say those were the days I think we'll definitely talk about them and say oh Jez do you remember that was strange times but I think that we need to we need to spend the time that we have right now as best we can and then we need to look towards uh, the the freedom that we'll hopefully gain very soon and make the rare old times of the future then and don't 
don't get too content with doing nothing that is our biggest biggest um our biggest prerogative yeah right now we need to we need to be ready to 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 take the the day by the balls as soon as we get it back carpe diem we certainly seem to have enough going on at the moment anyway yeah oh jeez the rare old times better times are coming folks yeah better times and re- yeah. but I think that's that's a good place to end. Remember that whatever you're doing right now or at least as soon as society opens back up is making your making your past of the fu- for the future, making your the rare old times of the future, making the memories that you're gonna You'd never look know back what times at. you're living might be the rare old times later yeah. in life. So savor. I would know because I'm after age in a year in the last day. <laughs> it is what it is. Savor the moments and enjoy the um, the rare old times of the future, with which is now. One hundred percent, folks. And if you have any rare old times or memories of Dublin, we'd love to hear them. As or always. any other place for that matter. Yeah, we want to hear the nostalgic moments of your lives. Send us in a voicemail. Voicemails are my... It's the new thing that I'm craving from, from ye lads. Um, we'll, we'll definitely get to a couple of your song suggestions very soon. We'll do Lanigan's uh, Ball as soon as uh, myself and, and Josh are out of uh, the tangle we're in right now. I'm about to move from one apartment to another and Josh is, uh, is uh, heavy into the assignments uh, of his college but we'll get mixing explosion sounds with the first three bars of thunderstruck by (laughs) acdc going around and around in my head so so we will it was delightful to sit down and talk about the rare old times uh but we'll get to lanigan's ball we'll we'll get to a few of your uh, guest suggestions we will have more guests we are working fiercely on getting guests on right now and all of your guest suggestions are highly appreciated. We have a few um, few uh, on our short list that we're working on getting on the pod for you. And we will be doing that in in the weeks and months to come. So, uh, But more suggestions are are highly appreciated. Or offers. We'll or offers. offers, yeah. If you want to be on the podcast, come on, do it. You, if you, you want can... us to be on your podcast, we... Absolutely. And... Like I said, voicemails. It doesn't have to be particularly well thought out. It can be uh, like just a ramble that Drink you want to bring. Drink 10 pints and go into the jacks in the pub and take yeah. out your phone yeah. and record. Just just start recording and see what comes out. That's what we do in the podcast. So why shouldn't you do it too? <laughs> and if you are in a place like, say, America, where things are, are really lifting now restrictions and you're out in a pub and you're having a pint and you think about your good old pal Josh Funkel and Christy Barry uh, then take out your phone and, and say slancha and and give us a couple of thoughts on whatever yeah and don't forget as always you will find us on all your usual podcast listening sites that is Spotify that is Apple Podcasts, that is Podcatcher, that is Podbean, that is whatever the fake else, I don't, there's a million things. And you'll also find us, as Christian said, on our socials. 
absolutely Facebook Instagram or email podcast at gmail dot com and that is all from me for today so if you have anything else to say Josh you can go on without me <laughs> I am out the door slan gafoil and Turalura and all of that jazz see you later Christian you'd get some land now if I did go on without you <laughs> I'll, do, I'll do another hour on my own no I'm only joking good luck I, I don't have the patience or the energy <laughs> get back to fucking AZDC and explosions and, and I certainly will Turalura Turalura Any chance, pal?